compete, how we run on and off the field, play within the rules, you know, doing the little things right, and, uh, you know, stance, alignment, assignment, key, you know, your fundamentals, uh, you know, protecting the football, no blown assignments, no turnovers, and on the other side of the ball, playing aggressive, playing physical, uh, pursuing to the, to the ball with, again, violence, and, um, you know, making plays and making plays when you get an opportunity on both sides of the ball. Uh, no big play bust. And um, being able to, again, manage um, the way the coaches on both sidelines want to manage the game. And uh, so the players being able to go out there and execute at a high level. So that kind of covers the gamut. There you go, Venables on what they're they're trying to get out of this thing, see how they execute within the rules of the game. It is a little bit different, you know, whenever you feel like maybe you're doing some good things out there uh, as an offensive lineman or uh, a defensive back and you go out there in live bullets and you're getting called for a couple holding penalties or a couple of pass interference penalties that you don't get thrown on you in practice, right? So sure. it, it can be a, kind of an equalizer there to say that, yeah, maybe i got to peel back a little bit on some of this aggress- aggressiveness or get better technically. So, no, I, I think uh, I think he's dead on there. Uh, one question that uh, will hopefully arrive us at a point, a halfway decent point maybe, uh, every position group today is up for grabs outside of quarterback. You good with that? Whether it be, you know, the number one wide receiver or the number three wide receiver that starts, there's competition basically up and down every single position group outside of QB. Good with that? Yeah. That's pretty unique for an OU football team. And there are some years where you have a lot of turnover on the roster and there's several position groups, but this year is maybe more unlike any other where there's not a whole lot of spots locked down. So with that being said, maybe normally in a spring game, you see the younger guys come out hungry like, this is my chance to really, really make a move in front of everybody. But seeing as really no one's locked down a spot outside of Dylan Gabriel, I really think that there's a chance Saturday could be – there could be a lot of intensity out there on Saturday with so many dudes fighting for starting spots, two deep spots, whatever. It is interesting. On the offensive line, I feel good about Harrison and Wanye Morris being the starters, but I don't think it, you can consider it to be totally locked in. Um, feel feel good about Murray and Matoyer as the guards, but I don't know that you can consider that totally locked in. Uh, I don't know if Rame's even going to play, so Conjul is going to be out there. Like I don't know that you could just guarantee that Rame is going to be the starter. Um, and it's the same thing at running back. My guess is that Eric Gray is going to be a featured guy to start off the season. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it stays that way. We've he's, seen he's got a couple guys breathing down his neck right now. Right, man. and wide receiver, I think. I think there's a fairly fairly good rotation that you could consider to be locked in. And that would be like Mims, Stoops, Weiss, uh, Farouk. Farouk um, Maybe Darby. 
I think he's still fighting quite I, a bit. I think the fight is between like Darby, Cody Jackson, um, Jaden Gibson, probably Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson, the young guys, maybe another guy or two uh, sprinkled in there. But I think like your your like your main rotation is somewhat set, but I don't think it's set. Who is going to be the star out of that group? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mims will be in the conversation, but he's got to hold off Farouk and, and maybe one or two other guys to be the number one dude. So, right. It just, I mean, there's competition all the way around, man. And I would, at tight end, I, I think Braden Willis is your guy. And I think Daniel Parker's going to be your, your best blocker. And you may have one of the younger tight ends factor in as well with some some reps. But I think that those guys are still possibly uh, fighting for who gets like what role. You know, I think if Daniel Parker show continues to show well in the passing game, like he could bite into some of those reps. Well, they'll they'll run some some pass concepts with him in there a little bit more. Um, you know, Braden Willis, I feel like, is that go-to guy right now. But, you know, I, I would say that if th- both of those guys continue to show like they're going to be assets in the passing game, like that could end up, you know, getting Levy to use more 12 personnel and having yeah. them both out on the field well, more. And, and forget about this being a factor as to why maybe the spring game is more intense and competitive all across the board than it normally is. Maybe this is a reason why you should be very optimistic about, you know, guys getting a whole lot better this offseason. Like, more guys in the mix probably means less rep for some guys, but you don't have anybody relaxing on that team right now, man. I mean, however many reps you do get, you've got to make them count, man, because if you don't, you're going to easily get passed up on this team. So... I don't know. Maybe the progression that this team makes is better with just so many guys fighting at you know every single position. I hope that's the case. Yeah, defensively, the real concern heading into next season is pass rusher. Who's going to be your best pass rusher? And it's not necessarily just who's going to be your best pass rusher. Is how good of a pass rushing team are you? Last year. I would consider, whenever you had your guys out there, I would consider them to be excellent, right? Between Bonito, um, Winfrey, Isaiah Thomas, like that group working together, they were good getting to the quarterback. That's that's probably my biggest concern defensively is how good are we going to be at getting to the quarterback? Sure. And I think that's a, as of like right now, if I'm looking at it, I would say that's probably the glaring weakness of the defense. That doesn't mean it has to stay that way. Um, you know, I may see some stuff in the spring game and change my opinion and say we got some dudes there that are getting to the quarterback. But like that's that's the way I project like the weakness of the defense. Heading yeah, the I, I guess my to add on to that, my worry would be too is. Not only are they going to generate pressure, are they going to be able to do it in more ways than one? Like, yeah, whoever is the outside rusher, that's a big part of it. But even if that player is a good player, 
Um, you're going to have to find other ways to get to the quarterback outside of just one guy. I mean, we've seen an OU defense, 2017, a perfect example. If Oboe wasn't getting there, <laughs> nobody was getting there, you know? Right. So they, they've got to be able to generate pressure up the middle, too, just not off the edge. Yeah. And that's yet to be seen. Yeah, yet to be seen. Redmond has a tremendous amount of talent. But it has to be said that um, I see someone on there saying you're forgetting Trayvon West on the wide receivers. Yes, that's the guy I was thinking of. Darby, Cody Jackson, the two youngsters, Gibson and Anderson, and um, uh, Trayvon West. He played, uh, had some good games last year. He is, he is a burner. He, he is a deep ball threat. Um, but Redmond, he, it has to be said that he has had a real difficult time putting together – a full season, a full game, right? Fair. There's There's been holdout year, not holdout years, opt-out years and injury years and medical issues. And, and some of that stuff is not under his control. I get that, but it's still a part of the pie. And you got to use that to try and, and project, right? Is it a guy that we can consistently rely on that's going to play every game for us this year and not be in and out of the lineup because of different issues? He's got a tremendous amount of talent, but I really don't care about talent. I care about production. He needs a productive year. He's capable of it. We just got to see it. Yeah, he um, he's often been thought of as kind of a luxury of the defense or a bonus of, well, and if you know he has the year that we think he might, boy, that would be a real nice added bonus for the defense. Those days are over. Like he's gonna have to have that big time year for this defense to be what a top thirty group. Yeah, yeah. There, there's no choice at this point. Jordan Kelly, I, I expect the the starters, and I, I imagine these guys are gonna be broken up into different teams, but. I think your DNs are going to be uh, Grimes and Downs, most likely. Uh, Laulu could definitely factor in there. Um, I think your interior starters probably Redmond and Jordan Kelly. So you'll have some experience up front. I mean, you'll have newcomers, but you're also going to have guys that have played a, a decent amount of football up to this point. But I, how, how consistent are they? How good are they? Don't know. We do not know. They have not been the, – there's not consistent film to go off of, of last year. But that doesn't mean anything. Guys can make an enormous jump from one season to the next, especially whenever they're young, um, like an Ethan Downs and uh, a Grimes who's fairly young. So, you know, those guys can, can play way better than they did a year, year ago, and I expect them to. Like, that's – that's the traditional trajectory is for young guys to continue to improve as they as they get older. So that's what I would expect. Boy, we're not trending in a positive direction when it comes to the uh, weather on Saturday. Uh, looking at it today, high of 76. Okay, okay let's perfect. go. Windy with thunderstorms in the afternoon. Potential for, for severe thunderstorms. Ah, nothing's we, changed. We didn't have the severe tag yesterday. Oh, come on. Here's what's going on. It's going to be a hot day, warm. Uh, you're going to have a chance for some late afternoon, early evening, scattered tea storms. 
Who cares? We'll see you at the stadium. I mean, there is the National Weather Service in uh, on campus at OU. They need to hijack all the weather forecast and say it's going to be 75 and sunny with no clouds at all to not deter anyone from staying at home yeah. for the spring game. Call it all clear, and then after everyone's already made their decision and they're on their way, like at 2.30, say, hey, we could have some thunderstorms this afternoon, all right? Um, I think it's going to be fine. Uh, yesterday, we got the – my weather app said 100% chance of thunderstorm in Norman. Didn't happen. Yeah, I don't think it rained in OKC either. Yeah. Or at least so, where I was at. Um, my, that really doesn't mean anything other than to say that I wouldn't make too much of the percentages it, until the day It of. would be pretty awesome if it's 75 and uh, dry in Norman and it's a torrential downpour at the Coliseum in L.A. on Saturday. We'd all laugh a little bit. Come on, right? Yeah. I'd laugh. I'd laugh, but I think it rains like seven days in the entire year in which I Los know, Angeles. which would make it even better if it rained <laughs> on that day and canceled the ESPN broadcast. All right. Well, hey, I, I think the weather, it, it's going to be an Oklahoma spring day. So you could get some, well, you will get wind. You're going to get some sun in there, and you might have a chance of some storms later in the afternoon. Text line, if a little rain stops you from coming to the game, you aren't a true fan. Put on a poncho and man up. There you go. That's exactly right. Um, I, I don't – I, for one, am not concerned about the weather at all. Zero. I'm waiting for Teddy's best friend in the whole wide world, Bud Elliott, to get a hold of the Cole Adams story. What is the Cole Adams story? Uh, is there he something is, new? He wasn't offered yesterday. Left campus without an offer. Now, there's some scuttlebutt that there might be an understanding between the two parties that the offer is going to happen at some point, maybe during a Owasso spring football period, but no official offer. I, I don't know. Don't ask me to try and explain this situation because we tried to for an hour today on Locked In and couldn't do it. Tell me, no, you can't throw that theory out there about the Owasso spring practice. I uh, j- I'm not hearing I'm just telling you what the scuttlebutt is on the text line. Like, we want to see you in spring practice before we, we make want you to an see offer? You, right, yeah. I don't know. Like I told you, there's a reason there hasn't been a scholarship extended. And I didn't expect that to change. And I don't expect that to change during spring practice at Avalsa. Oh, so you're calling it there will be no offer uh, sent out to Cole Adams. I'm not. I'm just saying that. Teddy's crystal ball. All I'm saying, there's got to be a reason. Like, what is the reason? I can guess. Okay, go um, ahead. It's probably a combination of two things. One, he's not the size they're looking for at the position. Two, they think that other guys that they've offered are better. They've got better players on the board than him. I, I'm not saying I agree with that. I just at this point, that's that's what I I think. They obviously don't love him as a prospect. Yeah, I, he he is a four star, but obviously in their eyes, they they can maybe find someone better, at least as an offerable player. Yeah, but you know one of the things that's interesting about that, and this is what makes the story interesting to me. There, and Venables has said this. There is a premium placed on local guys, right? Local talent. He's a local talent, and he hasn't gotten an offer. They made 
several offers to local guys that weren't as highly rated as him. Oh, like Eric McCarty wasn't even instantly. close to being as highly rated as him. Right. So it tells me that there's something more to the story. I don't know what that something is. I have no idea. But You can't speculate on there's something more to the story, not tell me what there's what's there. Y- yeah, I just told you what's there. Okay, you want a theory? I'll give you a theory. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, maybe they're convinced that he's going to Alabama or w- one of these other places that he's been offered, and there's a feeling maybe that it's just, just a – like to check the box to say I got the offer from Oklahoma or something like that, you know? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't buy that one, but okay. I'm, it's, it's a theory. Um. I, you may be right that maybe they're just not as high on him as some other people are. Um, I've seen, uh, like I said, I've seen his huddle highlight tape, and I find it to be okay. Not otherworldly. That doesn't always necessarily so mean So you wouldn't anything. offer him then off of the huddle t- uh, highlight? I would. It would depend what else I had at my disposal. To Let's be able ask to uh, offer. Baker at the top of the five o'clock hour if he would offer Cole Adams. <laughs> How about that? Ha ha! Rain expected here all day Friday in Southern California. Nice. The forecast for Saturday in LA is seventy-four and sunny. Mm, whatever. Oh well, that's every day, isn't it? They're only selling fifty-five thousand tickets for the spring game? Question mark. There's a tweet out there saying, "Hey, my buddy in the ticket," and, and it may be legit. I I, I don't know. Hey, my buddy in the ticket office saying they've already sold 52,000 spring game tickets. They're three away from the 55,000 allotment or whatever. I, I can find the tweet again, but there's a report out there that they've sold 52,000 tickets. And they're only going to sell 55,000 and then cut it off? It must be the lower bowl. Well, um, that record of fifty-one or fifty-two thousand that they had, uh, that they announced that one day, the lower bowl wasn't close to being full. So I'm still calling hog wash on the fifty-plus thousand that day. Okay, well, I, that makes me even m- more confident that it's going to be the largest spring game crowd ever. I'm down. I'll do a victory lap on Monday when it looks like I'm right. How about that? We can all do one. I'm going to – I'll do a victory lap with you. Are you going to do a victory lap? How about you do a victory shot of uh, – Now you're talking. Monday uh, after? No, oh, yes. at the uh, at the post game. Oh, okay. Yeah, that too. Yo, Pablo, some mm-hmm. rock and roll tequila? Rock and roll yeah. tequila. Yeah, I can probably – What is it, the strawberry? Uh, I would, yeah, probably uh, do the strawberry rock and roll tequila if the post game shot is in order here. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, if you want to talk about something that looks likely, don't talk about the thunderstorms. That's uh, that's looking real likely on Saturday afternoon. Oh, the oh, yeah. to kill you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about that. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. Don't forget, Baker Mayfield going to join us at the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned.
Cavens Construction bringing you hour number two of the rush remodeling, roofing, water restoration, facility maintenance, and 24 7 emergency repairs. Cavens can help you out, I assure you. 405 573 3048. If you're in the Tulsa area, 918 282 7612. Or you can check them out, cavensconstruction.com. Cavens bringing you hour number two of the rush on this Wednesday. Uh, I. I know we've been hitting it all day long, but just to kind of close on it, maybe we'll revisit in the 5 o'clock hour. Did Lincoln do anything positive at all? Did anyone change their mind locally, nationally, or whatever after this article in the Players' Tribune? No. I There was, aside from him saying there's some things he wishes he would have done differently, it doesn't seem like there's anything in there, at least I, in my reading of it, that is anything new or different than what we've heard, right? Just kind of a the same same story. Uh, just found out about the interest from USC moments before he decided to go ahead and make the leap and uproot, move all the way to the West Coast in Southern California. So, hmm. The more striking thing to me is the timing. That's what I, that's what I told you to open up the show yeah, today. I, I just don't understand why. I mean, it's yeah, man. It's been like what five? Is it been five months? Four months? Five? What? I mean, it's been a long time. And with both spring games coming five. up, you're nearing the end of spring ball. If you were going to write this article, fine. But you think it would be like January would have been a good time. February would have been a good time. Really, any time before you start spring ball. But to be this far into it and now write it, it's it just it's odd. It it doesn't really make any sense whatsoever. And I'm glad that there's not a whole lot of people bowing at his feet for doing something like this. You know, there's a lot of times where. You know, someone writes an article in the Players Tribune. They could be thought of in an incredibly positive manner or in an incredibly negative manner. And this is the forum for everyone to kind of change their opinion on you if it is negative, you know? Yeah. And I don't really feel like Lincoln changed the narrative at all uh, with this article today. Uh, no, I don't think so. He didn't change the narrative. He just, um, I guess, started the conversation again, which, you know, still clinging to um, – it was the last second deal with USC approaching him with interest, which is interesting considering they fired their coach in September and didn't become interested in Lincoln Riley until uh, he lost two games, right? Sure. Doesn't make any sense. What would make more sense is um, they had a conversation – agreed on uh, the bigger aspects on on contract and what resources he would want uh, before they even fired their coach. Yeah, I, look, again, this is a smart fan base. He did never recognize it as a smart fan base. I, he, he thought everyone here was dumb, but it is a very, very smart fan base. And we all know how coaching searches go. I, a fan base that hasn't really ever been through or hasn't been through a coaching search in a long time, Teddy, this fan base still knows. You don't fire your head coach in September, go the entire month of October, go the entire month of November, basically, and then finally reach out to a guy. That's not that's not how no. at a program like USC, that's not what happens. No. And that's why it's so 
it's so strange that he continues to pedal that line. I, I'm not telling you that you have to come out and say that, yeah, uh, my agent's been talking to USC for months. You don't have to say that. I'm just saying, quit telling us that you heard about it and decided in one evening. Right, that's it's it's dumb to keep saying that. Just don't say anything to us. Yeah, um, I, my opinion on him wouldn't change all that much. But if he really wanted to come out in a positive light in this, if that situation even exists, then he would have been up front. Um, I, but he's never gonna he's never going to admit that there was. You know, conversation between the two parties during the season. He's not. He's not ever going to do it. And to be honest with you, there's we're way past the point where he should even think about doing that. Yeah, yeah, yep. That's right. Um, did you see? Did you see the the thing with uh, Caleb Williams about why he went to USC? Uh, I saw it and said, "Yeah, I'm good," because. I thought that I was just going to click on the story, and there's going to be a pair of uh, you know giant <laughs> Dre headphones. <laughs> uh, it's his magical play calling. Magical play calling is what he says. Um, magical play calling. His uh, his offense and the way he calls it and draws it up is insane. So there you go. It was the connection between coach. And quarterback that got Caleb Williams to join USC. The amazing play calling. Um, hmm. Magical. Magical play calling. There was a lot of magical play calls uh, in, in Waco against Baylor. That offense was, hey. was magical that afternoon. Unfair. That uh, that offense, man, there was a lot of magical play calls against Iowa State when they scored two offensive touchdowns. But really, the, the best one was the magical play calls in the second half of the Bedlam game mm. when the offense didn't score. Uh, what, the offense didn't score at all in the second half in Stillwater, correct? Uh, magical play calls. Yeah. Well, un- unless Carl's Jr. just really sucks. I mean, come on. Y- you didn't muster much offense the final three games of the season, and you still couldn't put points on the board consistently with the magic play calls? Well, Yikes, dude. Hey. Baylor's defense had magical play calling going on as well. They they must have. Yeah. I think their magical play calling was just to kick OU's ASS up front. That was well, it. Well, yeah, that that happens. That happens from time to time. Uh, unfortunately, it happens with Baylor uh, quite a bit. They've that team has become a physical physical outfit that is pretty consistent on that side of the ball. Yeah, they have been, and they were really turning into OU's kryptonite, I feel like, um, just the way that they were running their program versus the way OU was running their program. And I, I feel like it would be impossible to get five words out of Dave Aranda for any subject. Mm-hmm. But if he really had to go in depth about the recent coaching hire, I would guess he – I would guess Chris Kleiman, I would guess Matt Campbell are all like, yeah, um, we would have preferred the previous guy as head coach there and not the current guy that they have. Right. Because whether it's this year or 2023, in due time, we're not going to be able to just totally out-physical OU like maybe we have been able to in the past. Like I don't think Iowa State, Kansas State, and Baylor with lesser talent is going to be able to get away with some of the stuff against OU that they have here recently. I hope not. I hope not. I hope the new uh, focus on details, physicality, 
gets Oklahoma back to taking the the bruising and putting that on other other teams instead of receiving it. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hit a couple of things that caught my eye next. Stay with us. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. First, quick shout out to our friends over at Roof Tech. Uh, Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine running the show over there. They do outstanding work. Give them a call if you have any roofing needs. Uh, did you see this baseball game between North Central and Weatherford? Junior college game. Is this the one where the kid comes out of nowhere and tackles the, the kid around in third base? Yes. That one? Um. Home run is hit. The hitter's rounding third base. I don't know if he said something to the pitcher or not, but a full-on sprint from the pitcher's mound. The runner rounds third is like high-fiving the coach and has no idea that the pitcher's bearing down on him. And as he turns, gets speared just like Goldberg, old-school WCW style. Helmet goes blowing off, benches empty. I thought it was great. Is the pitcher a psychopath? Yes. Uh, yeah. But it still made for a nice little clip of uh, of entertainment. I got to tell you, man, um, yeah, the pitcher is a psychopath, but it was kind of, you know, it kind of felt good to see a fight in sports where somebody actually does something and doesn't just act a fool like they're going to start a fight and nothing happens. That's, you know, that's like true. Someone was actually down to fight this, this time around. That's true. And I would say – a full speed, and when I mean full speed, the pitcher is at full speed whenever he blows this dude up. Um, I would say that is a that qualifies as like you're ready to fight. Uh, you've 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 signified that let's let's actually do this thing. Uh, staying in baseball, you see Dave Stewart leading a group of investors. Uh, for a $2 billion expansion baseball team in Nashville. Uh, there's still a couple of teams that are trying to work out stadium situations that really doesn't look like it's going to happen. The A's and the Tampa Bay Rays, Nashville is a likely spot. They put together $2 bucks. Dave Stewart. Perfect spot, man. Perfect yeah. spot for a baseball team. Uh, they've supported the Preds. It feels like they support the Titans. That that uh, that city is seemingly growing every single day. Seems like a lot of young people are, are moving to Nashville too. Uh, it's kind of a destination vacation for a lot of people, and it just kind of fits the environment of of baseball. You know, and the the South, I really still loves baseball, but the only teams that really get a following in that region of the country, I guess, just the Atlanta Braves. The Rays aren't getting uh, any draw. The Marlins aren't any, getting any draw. So if you put another team in the South in a region that really cares about baseball, I think Nashville will get a ton of people to come out to games. Off topic a bit, but what's the deal with this Savannah Bananas team? They're always doing something crazy. You notice that? Yeah, and their their games are absolutely packed, standing room only. Is that a legitimate team? 
Yeah, the Savannah Bananas. I, I believe that they're an actual minor league team. Um, I saw a pitcher pitching wearing stilts the other day yeah. for them. <laughs> I what think, was that I think all it's about? a legit minor league team. <laughs> that, I don't that's know, but, where the guy went out there with his baseball bat yeah, on fire. Yeah, like every Tuesday or every day when I'm scrolling through Twitter, it's like, oh, look what the Savannah Bananas did. Uh, They're out there doing like yeah. a big line dance or something, but the crowd absolutely loves it, and it's always packed there, so I don't know. Um, last thing I've got, Carmen Electra, 50 today. Wow, really? That's a blast from the past. Who was she? Uh, was she on that show with Dave? Uh, didn't they have a show together back in? You were probably MTV? in college. I think it was in. I think it was on MTV. They had yeah. that dating game on MTV where, like, you you tried to somehow win a date or something. I don't. I don't remember exactly what it was, but. She had a show there for a while. I got to tell you, which we saw her make a quick appearance in the uh, member in the Bulls, um, the what the last ride. She made the a, last dance. Last dance. Yeah. yeah, she made an appearance in that, and everyone was like, "Hey, Carmen Electra, not looking." Oh yeah, bad. she was with Rodman, right? Yeah. How could I forget? And, How uh, could I forget? I got to tell you, at fifty, Carmen Electra is looking pretty good. Nice. So there I'm we go. surprised she's only fifty. Like it, it seems like it's been a while since she's been relevant, so I thought that the number was going to be uh, closer to 60. Well, I guess if you think about it, the last dance would have been, what, 97? Yeah. So you're, that's 25 years ago. Checks out. Yeah. Uh, all right, I got a few here. First off, USC had a uh, – well, the, a kicker from USC last year, Parker Lewis – just transferred to Ohio State. He was talking about Ohio State's spring game atmosphere, and he said, quote, there were more fans in that stadium than there were any USC home game I played my freshman and sophomore year, and that was a spring game. Wow. Not shocking. Not shocking. Uh, but it's gonna all that's, all that's going to change under uh, now head coach Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah, of course, dude. Are you kidding me? Uh, surprising news last night coming out of the OU softball program. Sounds like Mackenzie Donahue is taking a leave of absence from the team. Now, uh, it was not mentioned by Patty Gasso as to exactly why she's taking a leave of absence. If it was uh, the team's decision or if it was uh, Lou Donahue's decision to do so. But uh, I, I would guess, man, that she's probably played her last game at OU. If I had to, if I had to venture a guess, here. can you shine any light on the subject matter here? What's going on? Um, here's what I can do for you. I had a Diamond Envy podcast interview earlier today, mm-hmm. uh, and Tara Henry was the guest. She is uh, she covers softball nationally, and she was hinting to me. I I, I don't I can't confirm this. I haven't really asked, but she was telling me that Donahue wanted to transfer last year. Um, and then maybe the, the big World Series that she had maybe mm-hmm. changed her mind a little bit. I don't know, but that's, that's what I heard earlier this afternoon. But I, I would guess that she's probably going to be playing for, for someone else next season. Florida State? Uh, her, and, her and Sandercock, yeah, I'm sure. All right, well, uh, hate to see that, but we'll see what, where it ends up. Big Any deal fans? or not a big deal at all? Um, I would say... I don't. It's. I wouldn't classify it as not a big deal, but I wouldn't classify it as something that I feel like they'll be just fine. Is going to 
have the potential to derail the season. With the depth and the talent they have, especially in the outfield, they'll be okay. Uh, singled out. Singled out. That's the one I was thinking Dave of. Dave Navarre. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Till death do us part. Oh, she was on two shows. Okay. Till death. Uh, yeah, Dave. No, they were together. I don't know if they were married or whatever, but wasn't she with Dave Navarro? For yeah, some that's what period? I'm saying. Dave. Yeah. yeah, that's who I was referencing. Yeah. Uh, Debo Samuel has requested a trade from the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the annoying trend of he was scrubbing his social media uh, recently. Kyler did the same thing. I guess this is the new trend, but dude, so so annoying. Yeah, so it annoying. is. I don't. I know he's request requesting a trade from the 49ers. Unless someone comes out there and offers like something ridiculous, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect the 49ers to trade him away. That dude is he was, unbelievable. He had an unbelievable postseason last year. I, I mean, really, at times, it was like the only offensive weapon that they had. Uh, just all right. Let's just get Debo out in space and, and and letting him make a play. Run it, throw it. He is he uh, he's he's like he's a one of a kind in the NFL. He really is. He's he's amazing. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. A lot of fun. Going to ask Baker about all the festivities coming up this weekend. Uh, And speaking of the Heisman Trophy winner, early Heisman odds are out via FanDuel. C.J. Stratt is your favorite. No surprise there. Ohio State quarterback, plus 200. Bryce Young at plus 400. Caleb Williams, third highest odds at plus 1,200. Uh, D.J. Uyungle, plus 3,000. Jackson Dart at plus 3,000. Quinn Ewers at plus 4,000. I'm listing all these because Dylan Gabriel, uh, quarterback at OU, has uh, the same odds as Quinn Ewers, worse than Jackson Dart, and way, 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 way worse than Caleb Williams. He actually, um, Dylan Gabriel's plus 4,000. Rattler's at plus 5,000. B. John Robinson is also at plus 5,000. Yeah. It is amazing, man. I I don't know if we've ever seen a team go 5-7, and and then the next season they have two players – as one of the top ten favorites for the Heisman Trophy. Have we ever seen someone be a is, – is Ewers a top five or ten? Ewers uh, is probably a – he's a fringe top five. Have we ever seen a fringe top five Heisman Trophy candidate that's never taken a, a meaningful snap in a football game? Um, prob- Well <sighs> – Probably with an incoming freshman somewhere, but it's pretty rare. Uh, I think he's the sixth best odds is what he has, by the way. Sixth best odds. Never taken a meaningful snap. That is insane. It's wild. I I don't know. It seems to be that the people uh, typing out on message boards down at Texas aren't even sure he's going to be the starter. Now, um, you believe, and I'm kind of – frankly there with you that it doesn't even matter if he's not the best guy that he's going to be the one that's being played 
there's got to be all kinds of pressure down there to do that on Sarkeesian, but no way. That's another reason that NIL absolutely sucks and you should not abuse it because, man, like, I'm telling you, it is a factor with their quarterback battle. As a head coach, imagine a scenario as a head coach, man, especially coming off a 5-7 and seven season and you're trying to rebound and, you know, have a great year too, but you can't really play the better guy because you paid too much NIL money to to the other guys, so you virtually, the donors are demanding that you have to start him. How yeah. awful of a situation. Like you can't always play who you think are the best 22. You have to maybe evaluate NIL opportunities with this thing. Yeah. That's, uh. You would think that that would be a major concern for, for schools that are piling up big NIL deals with people. Um where big influential donors are funding it, and it's like, hey, well, hang on a second here. What's what's going on? This, you know, we put this money in here to get this guy here, and now you're not even playing him. I I, I don't know. It seems like a, a big mess, but hey, I'm happy that teams are are out there doing that because I think college football culture wins a lot of football games. And I think the teams that are approaching NIL in that capacity, that way, they're going to be left with some serious culture problems. And um, I could be wrong on that. Maybe maybe there is a way to do both. We'll see. I am interested. I mean, it doesn't really matter now. I, I realize that. But what the approach to NIL would have been with the old staff compared to what they're currently doing. And we saw a glimpse of that. A little bit last year, but that was still in the very early stages of things. Yeah. I wonder if OU would have been kind of an all-out program. Well, I don't know. I, the the way to guess about that is to see what road uh, the University of Southern Cal goes down. You know, and they're going to be com- – my guess is they're going to because they're competing against Oregon that absolutely is uh, going all-out in the NIL. All right, quick timeout. Baker Mayfield joins us next. 